Hey, this is Daniel, and you're listening to Rushing Forward. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Rushing Forward podcast. Today I have with me Arco. He does developer relations at Microsoft. Arco, how are you doing? Hello, Daniel. Nice to meet you. And I really look forward to, you know, being on this podcast. I've been seeing all of this good work that you've been doing in the community. Really appreciate all of this good work from people like you. Ah, thanks. I mean, I've been looking at everything you're doing also. And I mean, that's probably why you're on. So it's great to have you. Thank you. So you do developer relations. Many would describe that as the dream job. Would you agree? I'm sure they do. Uh, in short, I will probably just tell you one one simple thing. Uh, remember, while learning something, being that smart kid in the classroom where you actually get to learn uh, making that code work or playing that good game in the best way, anything such, you get to also teach your friends how to do that in the same way, right? That was that was something we used to do back in old school, right? But same thing is as well. As developers, we all want to make sure that no matter what cool projects we work on, no matter what cool products we build, we want to make sure developers are using them. And in 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 simple words, we want to help developers. And that's developer relations. Uh, what I do, being in Microsoft in general. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think for you, that's with a specific focus on student developers, right? Yes. Or, or... Ideally, ideally, if you see, uh, we have students as one of our major audiences, and it goes by our mission statement in Microsoft that we want to empower uh, every person and every organization on planet Earth. And when I mean person, it could be a developer and when it's a developer, it could be a student, it could be someone, a professional, it could be a startup, uh, some some person from startup, anything. So I majorly focus in professional developers and students both. So yes, students is a part of uh, my focus area and I try to help student developers in my best uh, best possible way. Yeah, that's a very interesting mission. And I definitely agree. I mean, um, I, I love to see student developers as like these budding developers who one day, you know, will become the professional developers of the world. But hey, there's no tag. A developer is a developer, right? Yeah, things have changed. It's no more, uh, you know, the you know old psychology that, hey, it's just about writing lines and lines of code and just being behind the screen. Things have changed today. Uh, roles have come up more like it's more oriented in real case scenarios where we want to encourage developers to not just write code, but also write uh, technical content, build technical content, uh, encourage more developers to get on the stage, talk about it, talk about their projects. So all of this sums up, right? I mean, if you have good projects or good products, that's great. You need to know how to write good technical content as well. You need to know how to write that uh, good documentation as well. All of this, you know, streamline in the modern developer uh, psychology, if you say, where we expect every developer to not just write that line of code, but also build amazing products, but also engage mostly in, you know, writing, speaking, coding, all of that together. That's that's modern developer relations today. I I can't agree more. I'm I mean like we we both do developer relations and I really like to ask people about their journeys. How, what was your journey into developer relations? How did you 
get this uh, dream job per se i'm sure it's it was my dream job honestly and uh, and it's still something which i love uh, working on and i and i'm continuing to do that so in general i would say like uh, there are multiple uh, uh, you know genres to develop a relations uh, a few of them i'll list out so there are multiple things one is uh, content is a big thing in developer relations if you see all big uh, companies those who are building products apis anything any any pick any good company your favorite uh, language any anyone they do developer relations by writing that good technical documentation so content is a big thing so content is something that uh, a lot of people focus on there is something called as growth that is also something that all companies almost focus on they want to make sure that uh, the products are being you know relevant towards uh, the market audiences there are marketers in the developer relations there is uh, community managers in the developer relations team there are uh, people those who run multiple events within developer relations team so uh, there are pms who are work mostly on the product side there are multiple assets to developer relations and uh, for me it was definitely uh, like moving from a uh, moving my path from an engineering role and going in depth in uh, exploring advocacy which i really love doing probably around open source and uh, because my engineering career was like say that that was when when i started off as an ai engineer and uh, back in cpn ai when i used to like when bot framework was uh, like new and we were like exploring multiple set of stuff so it was it was back then it was it was something we all explored and uh, that's how i started off my career and did you see yourself getting into developer relations being an engineer is that something that you were um you were aiming for yes so i mean uh, having an engineering background is definitely a plus point uh, i'm not saying there are a lot of people who are uh, completely out of uh, you know there are people those who break the stereotypes there are people and there are a lot of people who do that so you can't really say that you need to be uh, you know having an engineering background is mandatory today no there are a lot of people they have probably graduated in arts or anything but still made up ending up being a good developer so that's that's totally fine and but yeah it's always a plus point right i mean if you are trying to go to a hackathon or go to a conference talk about your products you talk about your set of languages or your frameworks whatever it is you want people to use your products and give you back those feedbacks you should be able to understand those feedback right if i am you know going in front of an audience and talking about something of microsoft uh, i should be able to know that product well when i am you know advocating for it so that's like a typical understanding that hey uh, what is an advocate so in general again so an advocate is someone who is like you know talking about something or favoring something i mean it could be a simple thing like i could be an advocate of say uh, windows laptops uh, like anything anything i could be an advocate for open source anything as such so uh, typically these things really matter a lot whenever you want to get into developer relations so pick your genre pick anything i did do i did uh, that and wanted to make sure that i streamline my career also around this having uh, having you know product sense is definitely important helps you you know drive quality developer relations because it's ultimately about uh, working with developers and the product that you work for or cater for from the company standpoint so there are there there are a lot of things which come into picture 
and i am a newbie into developer relations to be very honest and it's just a year that i'm in microsoft but there's a lot to learn honestly there's a lot to learn from a lot of the broader community every day you meet a, a new developer try to understand from him the perspective is different the way they probably you know uh, try to learn from multiple uh, your of your product could be different someone could be you know someone might think that hey video content of uh, video technical content is like the best thing but some might believe that hey those docs are gen so i would rather keep it on docs and have entirely on docs so there are multiple assets multiple strategies tactics to it but it's a it's a never you know ending journey you can't really predict how and what is going to happen in developer relations Uh, yeah i agree typically if you see the market right i mean uh, there are there are a lot of you know you know misleading thoughts misleading blogs multiple things it's not always like uh, a lot of <laughs> like what what do you feel has has misled a few people yeah i mean i've seen a lot of this discussions that hey if i'm doing developer relations do i have to drive sales for my organization yes a lot of people do in a lot of organization and i don't mean to you know offend any one of them a lot of people have those as their kpis making sure they drive sales but uh, but again that's totally something which depends on the product that you're working on that totally depends on the project that you are involved in and the team you are involved in within developer relations so it's a very broad term right if you say i mean like it's it's as big as an organization honestly <laughs> uh definitely i mean from my experience talking to a bunch of uh companies doing developer relations and even just from working in certain companies i think it's very dependent on what the company needs i like to see like developer relations really attached to some of the metrics or some of the KPIs that the company actually has to achieve so if certain things like driving sales is important for the company in a way developer relations might be connected to that not not necessarily that their whole focus is on doing that but the activities advocating and engaging with developers might help that out i mean that's the way i like to see it like if adoption is important then developer relations will do a lot of things that help achieve that that's totally true and uh, that's how that's how i mean it completely depends on the product that you're working on or you're advocating for that's how you streamline who's your audience how do you drive those kpis and all of that so yeah it's it's very much flexible around this so it it's totally about how much uh, your product is or what your product is it aligns to that mostly and then those things come into consideration that what am i going to do being in developer relations for x organization true 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 so you mentioned you've been at microsoft for about a year right yes it's more than a year now yeah just over a year how how has that been how's that experience been what have been like a lot of your um takeaways what have you learned what, how do you think you've grown as a person in that um in that year uh, honestly i mean uh, one thing which i really was uh you know considering before joining microsoft and then now that i am in microsoft i was initially i was excited and i was thrilled that hey i'm going to join devrel for microsoft all of that but in between i was also scared that hey i'm young and uh, you know there's a lot of people who are experienced in all of that in uh, probably in microsoft because it's a it's an old company you all know right and we all know like uh 
how much value they have given to the entire uh, generation of engineers and software developers and the entire society in general as well right from the products they have built so i was also nervous in, uh, initially like hey how will i manage uh, you know probably you know being in this kind of a genre all of this with uh, very less experience and all of that but as i really got into the role meeting the team and all of that I was really fluent enough in picking things up and which I enjoyed doing and I saw the best part was people being supportive in an organization like yes when people say they are a call away they mean to do that they are a call away and I'm not kidding about it so I work in a remote team it's a global remote team that I work for and it's completely like scattered and my manager sits out of in australia and my boss is probably in us all of that it's it's but it's totally fine you see uh people aren't that what it used to be like people say that now uh, i i'm sure it's challenging i i know a lot of people say that working from home is challenging and uh, working remotely is challenging there are pros and there are cons as well you get i mean i've learned a lot of like uh, adapting how a developer would react to the same set of tactic uh, maybe in india it's different but maybe in japan it might be different but maybe in somewhere in southeast asia it might be different or maybe in the western countries might be different so like like there are tactics to develop relations when you are engaging with developers right for example say yeah. uh, talking to yeah, i like i like that point you brought up it's something i've been um i've been really thinking about uh, deeply uh, how things are different in different regions you know um the way i put it is is sort of trying to scale the culture of your organization or the way you put out things uh as a developer relations team you know something that might work in one region of the world won't necessarily work in another but you, there are certain abstractions you can create around your strategy where you can say this is the core of what we are trying to achieve and there's probably um a very specific way that it's done in let's say India and there's a very specific way that it can be done in Zambia but at the core of that there's something we're trying to achieve but i mean i i it's it's a very interesting topic sorry to, to like to put you away from that how how are you approaching that being in a global team. yeah so honestly i mean uh, one thing which we try to be mindful of is it's a multiple cultures you need to be mindful of when you're doing uh, developer relations at scale so that's something it belongs to your you know audience that you're trying to reach it belongs to your interest it belongs to your organic reach that you already have in that particular place and a lot more things factor in so the strategy is having no fixed strategy when you are doing development relations honestly especially when you are doing it at scale uh of something which has multiple audiences to hit at the same point of time because you might but yes it's really uh, important to also have a lot of things in mind that is like knowing the culture so what we believe in microsoft if you see in general is we want to help developers and how do we help developers is like we go where developers are i mean if you see if you see in india there's a huge interest in say javascript there's a huge interest in python community there's a huge interest picking up in the go community all of this is picking up i mean go is picking up so probably go might not be a major you know stack in uh, microsoft but yes we want to go 
to the Go community as well, nurture them or work with them, know from their interest, and then probably work back on our products to make them enabled for our you know set of products that we are shipping to developers. So the, originally, if I have to say, we intend to always go where developers are and. Now that we are, you know, remotely and we are doing all the stuff virtually, I mean, we'll come to you. Yes, <laughs> we'll still come to you, maybe virtually. So things, things are picking up and things uh, will pick up well, I think, even uh, across this pandemic as well, because uh, nothing stops and developer relations won't stop as long as we have, you know, uh, products being shipped to users and developers and customers, all of that happening. We want to know that what is happening and what is not happening. We want to fix those errors and we want to make sure that our developers are happy. So this will continue and this shall continue throughout. Definitely. I mean, from the conversation we're having um, yesterday, you mentioned you are working around like live streaming and um, like it's, it's something you did not know completely before I think like a week ago is that something that happens a lot on your job like you have to you just have to come up and learn a new skill learn learn a new technology and uh, and perform honestly learning is important I mean you have to learn as you you know do developer relations because you can't have one set of fixed set of things that you want to always talk about that's not happening I mean say it like uh, moving your entire strategy of offline to gaining interest online, you have to learn how to do that or you have to get better at it. Because my first podcast video is gonna be something which I like it, but yes, I should improve from it as well. So it's a basic learning curve that we all have, right? And there are skills and all of that. So yeah, it's some of them is like more from a, you know, getting better at multiple things. So a lot of people might not be, you know, always familiar just because of the reason they are, you know, developer relations uh, doesn't mean that they have to be that rock star on stage. There is nothing as such. So, but a lot of people uh, are actually doing that, but that's okay. So things you need to pick up skills as per the scenario is, as per the market interest is, and accordingly you have to work towards it. A lot of regions, if you see, like you mentioned, right, things which might work in India might not work in Zambia. So a lot of places really pick up well with video content, but a lot of places rather doesn't need video content, much video content. A lot of places might need localization of video content. A lot of places, English is like the primary language, right? So those things factor in. So when you are doing developer relations, these are like add-ons which we you have to be always uh, equipped with or be ready to learn, which will help you in uh, you know shaping up the developer relations and shaping up your interaction with developers well. So if I am comfortable, say, for example, uh, in... Uh, you know, doing uh, workshops at hackathons, I should also be, uh, you know, comfortable in doing the same version of it online as well. So, so that when the audience changes, when the market scenario changes, I should be able to pick it up. True. Very true. I mean, there's definitely always learning, but then it's a lot of people have accused developer relations professionals of being like generalists. Like there's always so many things that they touch, but never really go in depth into anything specifically. So I have two questions for you here. Do you think that's true? And if yes, how do you think that might affect your career growth going forward? Um, okay, honestly, uh, generalization is something, okay, like there are two ways to understand this. So uh, 
if I really have to speak to someone about our technology or a product or anything, I would really fit up any 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 technology explanation in the form of a content in multiple levels. Like I could have a level a level hundred level content. I could have a level two hundred level content, or three hundred or four hundred. And it really depends on the timeline that I am fitting up to. So, for example, if you want me to drive a level 400 level content in front of an audience in 10 minutes, that something is difficult to do. We want to make sure that when we work with communities, when we work around with uh, multiple, you know, audiences, we drive the right set of audiences with the right set of content. There are a lot of people. I'm sure in multiple brands they do that. But what I have seen, there are people who do good developer relations as well, and they shape up their content in multiple levels, and they be very clear about it. I mean, yes, we want to talk the basics. We want to help with you. We help those developers with those basics, which is important as well. But that doesn't really mean that we talk always in general, very uh, low level content or anything as such. There are people they run. You know, end-to-end Twitch streams on uh, and on multiple tech stack, and they run end-to-end workshops, maybe for three hours, four hours long as well, and they go in depth as well. Really depends. You see a lot of startup advocates also are there, right? In developer relations, they work closely with startups in getting their, you know, uh, you know, from their, uh, you know, minimal viable product level, you know, uh, that phase of discussion to getting them, you know, uh, build ultimate the prototype and the, I mean, the product which gets shipped in the market as well. So there are advocates of multiple organization. They work closely with those startups in getting those products being built. That's there as well. So you can't really generalize. Uh, like saying that you know, developer relations is someone, uh, folks, those who you know just talk about the general set of content. So yeah, I don't really agree to that because there are a lot of quality people in the ecosystem doing a great job around this particular thing in making sure people not just scale from zero to one, but also scale from one to hundred. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Also, but it's something, it's something that bothers me um, because a lot of people want to put all those labels on uh, different types of professionals. So, I mean, it's interesting to hear your perspective on it. And, and like going back to my second question in terms of like career growth and like where you want to be, how do you see developer relations fitting into, um, into that? Um, I think, I think with time, it's going to add up value, add up value to my, uh, you know, my learning curve, add up value to definitely my CV or my portfolio, whatever you say, just just because uh, it adds up a lot of value, honestly, throughout a person's career. I mean, in developer relations or in general as a product guy, whatever it is, helps you in shaping up your engineering career well. So are you looking to get like deeper into engineering, product, um, marketing or sales? My interest or maybe working to get like yeah, startups. Yeah, my interest has always been working closely with a product. Uh, and let's see how things shape up in future. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very excited to see what what you do next. But hey, one step at a time, right? Of course, totally. So also, people, people, or not not necessarily people, but I think developer relations, um, well, they're different types, uh, and it can be quite draining on your um. When you're like, or it can be quite detrimental to your mental health. Like it's, it's known for burning people out really fast. I mean, you've been at Microsoft for a year. How have you avoided that? 
Um, okay, it's uh, a lot of people say that DevRel is exhausting. I've heard people saying that DevRel, uh, like all of that. See, again, it really depends on how a person really balances up a career. And uh, we are a little, I mean, honestly, I'm a little vocal in the community. So say if you are a person who is actually always on the move, it's more, it's like, even if you're trying to skip your regular day, still you'll probably get a, a you know DM on Twitter or somewhere else and asking someone might email you asking that hey I'm doing things and you like yeah. be there in this community you know it's a simple basic dev community probably catch up you want to we want to have you as an AMA or a guest speaker all of that you still can't get out of it that's 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 something which is there while working in these kind of roles uh, but that's okay when things shape up you often take up I mean, I'm new to this and honestly, I can't give you a futuristic answer saying that, hey, like I've been balancing my life amazingly. So I'm still, <laughs> I'm still 23 and I don't get to say that how I'll probably balance it up when I'm, you know, 32. So I don't have a exact answer, but yes, I've been enjoying the work that I do. Uh, and I really look forward to, you know, balance the same way which I'm doing right now, maybe in 32 as well, or maybe later. <laughs> So you are balancing it now, right? Like yeah. it's a good amount of work, but a good amount of like rest or leisure. What do you do in your free time? In my free time, I, I love to read a lot and it could be, you know, tech blogs or it could be, you know, business blogs, anything. I read a lot about startups, multiple things. So like I have, a, you know, say tab of say Forbes or say product hunt always up and running. <laughs> So I try to read a little bit more about what product is coming up or what whatever is new in tech happening around. So love to read a lot. And yes, apart from the basic set of interests that everybody has, yeah, uh, spend a fair amount of time on Spotify, hearing to anything on everything, almost. <laughs> Who's your favorite artist? What's your favorite song at the moment? Favorite song at the moment? I think by the time you ship this uh, podcast it would change so let's not get there no specifics oh no we are shipping today by the way <laughs> we're shipping today all right i'll i'll have to i'll have to scroll in maybe and i had some good fine-tuned thing but yeah never never mind anyways yeah no worries we'll probably get it towards the end but yeah i mean i'm uh i think you're right like the balance that you have now is probably not the balance that you have um that you have in a couple of years and uh I think it's just best to enjoy what you have now and then solve that problem when it comes up. So I think from from me following you on Twitter, I've noticed you do quite a lot of hackathons. How has your experience with those been? I mean, hackathons are something any developer would really regard it as like, you know, every developer loves concert. If you say that, I mean, not every developer loves concert. I mean, if you love concert, uh, like... You sh as a developer, you should love uh, hackathons as well. Like that's how I say it. It's like uh, it's like your favorite developer's gig. I would say. I mean, yeah. Some some people say conferences are boring. There are people they come do business talks, blah blah blah. Okay, meetups are like too overrated. But what about hackathons? Nobody really says that. Say that no. I mean, if you are a you know someone who loves working with technology, loves hacking into multiple problem statement anything as such and hackathons have become a culture today and there is there is very less that i can speak about it because a lot is a lot of it happens in action if you see 
I have been closely involved almost for five, six years now that with hackathon specifically. And uh, over the time, I've learned so much from hackathons. And that helped me shape up my career as well. And I've met a lot of developers, made friends, worked on projects together. And, and it's always a, and it's always a better experience. I mean, uh, that you can get from a hackathon than anywhere else. I feel even if it's gone online today, but I'm sure there are, you know, culture, the culture still stays the same. No, definitely. I agree. Everyone, I have never heard anyone say anything terrible about a hackathon. I mean, free food hacking is surrounded by peers. It's the good life. Totally, totally buddy. <laughs> How- how many have you been to in like the past year? How many do you think you've been to? So you want to, uh, I mean, last year, I mean, so far, uh, I mean, do you want me to like uh, give you a you know rough number in last one year or do you want me to say overall? I mean, yeah, a rough number, unless you have the exact number. I don't have exact either. It's, it's above 50 for sure overall. So far, I've been to 50 plus hackathons. I've attended. That's one a week. Yes, I've attended some of them. I've organized some of them. I've mentored some of them, judged some of them, done everything almost, which requires, I mean, from a hackathon. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, wh- what was your first one like? Not, not necessarily as an organizer, but like attending. Yeah. So, I remember I was in my university back then, and uh, it was like in my first year of engineering and all of that. And things happen frequently. And it was a community hackathon happening in a university. I attended that. Then I attended uh, multiple more hackathons. I was there for this uh, in 50 hour hackathon, the NASCOM hackathon, multiple hackathons I've been at initially in, in my uh, you know first year of college. And then slowly, steadily, when I started contributing to multiple more communities and all of that, uh, I was very, you know, uh, you know, you know, working together with a lot of folks in the Mozilla Foundation, all of that. So it really, you know, picked up my interest in, you know, running some hackathons as well in good scale. And uh, I think we met at Hackference, if you know. I worked with a couple of my, you know, friends yeah. and they have been doing developer relations as well. And it's it's a it's a story. I mean, honestly, I mean, if I have to say to people that how things hackathons changed my career yes if i have to say it did it change my career yes i did because uh, there's a lot i've learned from a lot of people from hackathons say it from every developer i meet who is an attendee even like he comes back to me with a doubt or anything even if i'm able to help that's great learning from me and great sharing for me he gets back home happy same thing, even if he doesn't get back the answer, but I get back to my folks and I get the answer and I reply back to him. That's a way that makes me happy as well. So it's all about like if you want to really work closely and knowing that product feedback, knowing that what works well, yes, go to a hackathon. You'll get to know enough amount of feedback that what works well for your product, what doesn't. Like, okay, like make those, like all companies do that investment if you see, right? And, uh, a lot of people really, you know, today, if you say in general, give spend a fair amount of time also in uh, being at hackathons because they feel that it enables their learning curve as a student or as a professional as well, uh, being at hackathons. Because ideally, if you see, if I have to mention about the value, the value is more about two things. One is knowing what you don't know. Number two is knowing the people you don't know. Two things are really key today in this in this entire ecosystem. 
you want to know what is what is something which is picking up what is trending what is okay what is something which is not trending but okay still staying back what is something that we all want to encourage people to work on what works well what doesn't what why it doesn't work well these are questions it's not just you know like putting ahead that uh, same project up and again and again because if you see at a hackathon it's not just a project showcase you work something at home come presented no you build it out there okay you're working on something you hear some additional thing from a different team while networking that's when you get to know the person as well and you get to know something additional probably crunching up that part on your project will help you ship your project better there are tons and tons of things which you can talk about around hackathons and uh, i've documented some of them on my blogs as well and i think that it's a very learning thing and i encourage every person today like i meet especially students who are like you know picking up in universities and all of that to participate more in hackathons because it will help them drive their learning curve more because intentionally i don't say that hey go you know have a great cv or anything out of great resume that doesn't help adding up those 10 different skills is uh, probably great you might be great at it but we don't get to evaluate but adding up five such good projects which you have been at or worked at at five hackathons will seriously grab the eyes or attention of that person who is probably looking into your portfolio that's my simple answer always like that's the major value of hackathon for a you know student at the moment yeah i mean that that is quite the value there's like the technical aspect there's the networking effect and then there's also just having stuff to show that you've built and you also touched a bit into like um the business value of hackathons for companies like why do you want to get into a hackathon i'm interested in hearing your thoughts on the value hackathons provide to an ecosystem so like so like bangalore for example and india in general i think there's been this eruption of hackathons over the past 5 years where it was like these were really just events i think in and out was a really popular one before and there's like um hack on the hills uh, and like there's a lot of really cool hackathons and coming when with like mlh coming in what effect do you think all that is having on like the culture of building uh, and um improving the quality of engineers in the country yeah so like if you have already mentioned uh, let me start with mlh uh, mlh was something which is grabbed the eyes of every developer who is into hackathons all of us know about mlh and all of that and if you see when they were moving uh, their set of focus across apac and which includes india as well they had a huge thought behind running it in india and if you see the investment from a business point of view microsoft have been partnering on the entire apac story if you see so all these hackathons all of that so from microsoft it's microsoft azure if you see we want to go at those hackathons making sure we you know impact those student developers as well so it's these are good quality hackathons which we want to go at and there is nevertheless an experience that we want to get from you know the student developers building amazing projects on social good on multiple more aspects which helps us understand how scalable or how good microsoft you know products are shaping up like in front of the student developers getting those student developers to build on azure is like something that we want to encourage people doing that 
it's not about getting our products being consumed always it's always about you know helping people with those resources together at hackathons to enable them in building good products because there are technologies there are ways there are ways that we try to support in person offline or maybe like uh, virtually remotely anything you say we try to be there at hackathons as much as possible trying to you know support them with resources support them with mentorship mentorship plays a very key role at hackathons if you see and you know a brand like microsoft brings up that skills those resources as in person trying to support hackers in building up scalable products and it's 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 been you know huge in india and if you see india is like probably i was reading an article in uh, if i'm not wrong like it's in times of india where they have mentioned this year i mean 2019 2020 2019 2020 was when uh, india was the host to the largest amount of uh, hackathons and which is true in a city like bangalore you have hackathons a student hackathon or a professional hackathon or something or the other happening almost every weekend saturday sundays grabs up attention of people it might be a weekend might not be the culture the same way in the western countries but people are interested in you know spending their weekend time in being at a hackathon learning networking with people the culture is really great in india around hackathons and that's the main reason that brands have been investing like microsoft yeah and we find how, how do you think it got there it it uh, rome wasn't built in a day and so is in the hackathon culture in india it it took a fair amount of time if you see like i myself when i was in my university i've seen things happening at least the hackathon culture yes i've witnessed that growing so it used to be you know maybe you know maybe like 10 20 a year or 25 a year good hackathons you could hear but now it's like blown it's huge huge there are good hackathons happening in multiple places universities today if you see uh, a lot of companies mlas then github microsoft multiple people have you know joined in and it's not just these big brands always a lot of communities encourage hackathons there are student volunteers there are people they convince their universities to do good hackathons and which is a good part i really believe and uh, and i think that's a good learning also for people around just to make sure that they want to you know celebrate it as a culture because that's really important i mean if you keep this thought process in mind that hackathons are just you know project showcase that's not done you are doing you know you're not doing justice to this uh, entire thing you should celebrate it as a culture if you're doing that that's great and and if you would describe hackathon culture in one sentence what would you describe it as it's it's the it's one thing if i have to say uh, one sentence an epic event for developers it's developers favorite gig or rather the other ways that, that that is brilliant i definitely agree i i mean like everything we've been talking about sort of has just how this made this idea pop up in my head i mean from from you mentioning your journey um going from engineering into everything uh, and getting to develop a relations your work in college with hackathons and just really working with all these organizations i it leaves me asking like what what is your drive like why are you doing everything you're doing so i mean it might be a very deep question i hope i hope you can answer it 
okay so uh one thing which i really you know it's a it's a thought process or a thing which i always try to keep up is uh, i'm a little flexible but doesn't mean that i am uh, flexible completely around things when i do yes i have set up uh, you know you know small you know ways or path i would say like for me it's about making sure that i want to contribute to the community a broader community and the number even if it is like you know making sure that hey i'm trying to help a developer or a dev community on a larger level let that increase as with time and and i don't mean to set that time limit or set that number either so i just want i have just one thought process about the work which i do like if i am right now involved in say uh, you know making sure i talk about microsoft azure in front of my larger community i talk about building the community in larger scale that's great if i want to write content i might contribute in writing content so i'm pretty much flexible on all of these so i want to make sure that whatever i do it could be writing it could be speaking it could be code anything i try to make sure that it ultimately ships up or helps developers to the work which i do and definitely helps in shaping up the community in whole when when did you really start to understand the concept of community okay uh, i mean community in general if you see uh, it's a, it's a very broad thing like it's uh, exactly because i think I, i think sometimes it's a word people people throw around a lot like i'm doing this for the community or is it like very context driven because in like what you were saying the community being um the div- like the overall developer community or the specific developer community that you are um True. so okay this has been i think this has been such an amazing chat and we're running out of time so i want to end with a question um so yashavadan replied to a tweet of yours uh, and it says You say arco duty they say single malt can you tell me what that's about <laughs> okay all right that's a, that's a, that's probably you know is it isn't it censored or something like that so yeah i love single malt <laughs> uh, so whiskey is my yes my favorite drink after chai yeah and uh, no offense yeah i i love whiskey and have a pretty good coloring of single malt see totally good don't worry yeah, um, i mean yeah it's a pretty adult so it's fine <laughs> yeah i have a pretty good collection of single malt so yeah even if like every time i travel somewhere i try to you know i have a set of you know the ones which i love there's a taste and all of that i it's not about just drinking i try to study a bit mm-hmm. about it as well i make some good cocktails so yeah next time you are in bangalore and in yes let's catch up and then the definitely we'll have another podcast I'll, I'll maybe <laughs> yeah well, probably a, a much more fluid one but hey it's been amazing chatting i mean if anyone wants to reach out to you where can they find you online i kind of live on twitter or maybe sometimes on instagram as well so yeah these are the best places apart from email which is the best way to do so yeah i'll drop you you can always drop in the details to the uh, viewers and all of them and yes they can definitely work it out All right, so I'll mention that in the show notes. But it's been great having you Arco Duty. Um thanks for coming on and sharing all this knowledge. Thank you so much Daniel. Really appreciate the good work that you're doing. Keep up this good work and continue the work that you're doing. Amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs>
No worries. I'm supposed to be saying nice things about you, not the other way around. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Rushing For It. Thank you for listening to Rushing For It. Send us your comments and suggestions at Maugamves, M-A-L-G-A-M-V-E-S or Codecast ZM. Thank you.